0: Hello, everyone, and welcome again to another edition of Part of Me. Thank you very much for joining us. Part of Me is a podcast from Celebrating Disability, talking to disabled people about their experiences of managing their disability in the workplace. Today, we have our fifth person that we're talking to, Um, so I will just uh, talk to him and get him to introduce himself. Um, Hello. Can you start by telling us who you are, please? Hi, Essie. I'm
1: Speed,
2: Hi, Essie. This is Ian Speed, Managing Director of All Inclusive. Hello, Ian. And
0: I can tell there's another person talking as well. Can I just ask that person to introduce themselves as well?
2: Um, hi, I'm Debbie. I'm Ian Speed.
0: Okay, great. Thank you very much, Ian and Debbie. Hello to you both. Thank you very much for joining us. Ian, could you just explain to me who you are and what you do? You said you were managing director of All Inclusive. So can you just explain a bit more about All Inclusive? So, all inclusive
2: is a sure. All inclusive is a disability. Issues consultant says, We
1: have services that range from training
2: for commercial staff. We have services that range from training for commercial staff.
0: Disability Consultants okay, great. I mean, that's quite a range of things there. Can you just maybe expand on a couple of them, a couple of your most popular services, perhaps?
2: audience um, seems to be anybody from care agencies to councils. Or individual parents who have children with CP.
0: Okay, could you just tell us what CP is? Rebellum.
2: Okay. <laughs> Which is not easy to say with a speech impairment.
0: <laughs> well, I think you said it very well. And um, CP actually stands for Cerebral Palsy, doesn't it? Excellent.
2: Indeed,
0: and Ian should stop shortening things. Yeah, well, we all do that. I shorten things all the time. That's fine. But just to explain to our listeners, um, who might not have heard of CP before, that it does mean cerebral palsy. Um, now, Ian, no, that sounds really, really interesting. And at the end of this interview, I think it would be really good if you wouldn't, if you wouldn't mind giving us your details so that I can add it to the the um, write-up of the podcast, so that if anyone wanted to get in touch with you about your cerebral palsy training or your CP training, then they can do so. Um, Would you mind telling us a little bit about your disability and what it means to you in the workplace?
2: as is established is cerebral palsy okay. and it makes me in the way I walk and talk and it makes him rather unique in the way that he
0: walks and talks can you elaborate I wobble. he
1: wobbles you wobble. okay great is that the technical
0: term Fair enough, fair enough, absolutely. You know, I think it's interesting cerebral palsy because I have cerebral palsy as well and my disability affects me differently to you. I mean, I've known you for a couple or a few years now. We've we've worked together in the past. Um, I don't have a speech impairment. You have a speech impairment, but I can't walk and stand up for as long as you can. So I use an electric wheelchair. Um, I also have other friends and other colleagues who are say, have cerebral palsy, and it affects them in completely different ways. So there's such a wide spectrum of cerebral palsy, isn't there? And I think it's quite important to note because it's all, you know it's like that saying about autism, meet one person with autism, you've met one person with autism. It's the same for cerebral palsy. So it's not a one-size-fits-all. So as an employer, we can't expect to put in, a re- well for any disability really, we kind of expect to put in a reasonable adjustment or a support needs and expect it to fit everybody we have to work to everybody's individual requirements Yes
1: yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah absolutely. So can you, we talked about how your disability affects you generally do you mind explaining how your cerebral palsy um, affects you in the workplace and what kind of um, things, adjustments you put in place in order to manage your disability in the workplace.
2: Okay. Okay. So Ian has worked since he was eighteen in various roles and guises. Okay. Here, Ian uses Debbie as an interpreter.
1: So,
2: so Ian, as a call centre operative, would be almost impossible.
0: Fair enough. I think that's, that's a really good point there. I mean, I think that, you know, it's quite difficult for some people sometimes because if, if, if for example somebody who hasn't come across disability they can you know there's so much stigma and so much taboo and so much fear around disability that they're going to say the wrong thing and get into trouble that is I think it's really refreshing that a disabled person actually says you know there are limitations to my disability and there are certain things that actually you know I know that I won't be able to do and then that's not um prejudice to say that um but you know it's it's really interesting because with it is quite tricky because with access to work and all the reasonable adjustments that we'll talk about in a minute um there are the 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 um, the range of things that disabled people can't achieve is is getting smaller and smaller. Um, as well, sorry, wider and wider. So the things that disabled people can do, um, it's getting more vast because of all the things that people can put in place to help disabled people. But the, you still have to have kind of that realisation that, that a disability at some point is going to stop you from doing some things. So thank you for raising that. I think it's quite refreshing to hear it from somebody. I think it puts some people's mind at ease. Okay, brilliant. Thank you. Um, So let's move on. Um, So we talked a little bit about the challenges that you have worked to overcome. And you said that you have Debbie who interprets what you're saying so that people can um, understand you. Um, Are there any other um, barriers that you face as a disabled person running your own consultancy that you face when perhaps you're working with clients?
2: The word barriers, that's okay the it's not barriers. Because barriers are permanent.
0: Mm-hmm. I get that. I get that. No, I I never thought of it like that before, but you're absolutely right. Are there any what were what word would you prefer to use? Challenges. Challenges. Okay, are there any other challenges that you face due to your impairment that you have to overcome when working with clients? There's
1: the obvious physical challenges like stairs and uneven
2: floors.
1: Um, people
2: People still feel that you've got to have a building that's accessible to everyone. building that you're in. employees work remotely
0: okay brilliant so, I mean, there are lots of things that, that you can that you can um, implement to overcome these challenges. I think, you know, what you've raised a few um, you're know, really important points, and I want to come back to a few. First of all, you know, I think that people think that, okay, um, you know, I've got a ramp or I've got a lift, so therefore we are accessible. But actually, it's not quite the case, because I know that when we talked in the past, you were saying that sometimes you find ramps a bit difficult, depending on the steepness and the gradients of the ramp. Um, I was actually talking to somebody a few weeks ago, and they were saying that, you know, they were a business who had just gone into their fifth year, and they were moving into another premises. And they were, they said they, it was really important to them to find um, an accessible office, or yeah, they they used the word accessible office. Um, but they found this really nice office that they liked. But the office was upstairs, but they thought it was okay because the meeting rooms were downstairs. And I think that that's a really interesting point because I think sometimes people think, oh, well, as long as the customers can come because obviously we're not going to have... Well, I don't think it's that they think obviously we're not going to have, but I think they don't think about the disabled employees that might come to work. So as a client of that business, yeah, you could get to the meeting rooms, but as a potential employee, you're not going to be able to. And although there are flexible working and agile working and remote working... Um, it's also important to think about whether your, all your employees can access everything on the same level and they can be included in everything. So when you think about kind of office parties that might not always be in another building, um, think about whether that person will be included in that in the right way. But you're right, there are other things that people can think about, about moving kind of a meeting to a more accessible venue, having remote working spaces so people can work from a different site. Um, having, uh, I suppose, the office parties, you can tell where my thought patterns go. going, the office parties and another building that is more accessible.
1: Exactly. And I think work is, and um, the way we work, is
2: changing through technology anyway. Exactly, and um, Ian thinks that work and the way that we work is changing through technology anyway.
0: Absolutely. No, it completely is. And a lot more, um, regardless of ability or disability, a lot more companies are going to kind of that remote agile working situation, which is inclusive for all, which is what we all want. It's not just about changing something for somebody, but not worrying about other people. It's about making it inclusive for everybody so everybody can access things on the same level, um, which makes it better for everyone in the long run. So I completely agree. Um, Do you know of any support that's available for disabled um, people and employers in the workplace? So, um, things that can be supportive for disabled employees and their employers?
2: The
1: one that springs to mind
2: is access to work.
0: Absolutely. So, <laughs> uh,
2: equipment and getting to work.
0: Okay. Um I should at this time note that excellent PAs like Debbie but also excellent PAs like Michelle, my own PA. Um absolutely. So can you so can you just elaborate on that? What is access to work and what does it do?
2: Give
1: us some examples.
2: I can give uh, personal examples, so things like keyboards. Um, staff like Debbie, and dictation equipment.
0: Okay. I mean, uh, does it also provide anything else? I think a minute ago you talked about transport and getting to and from work and things like that.
2: In that if you're unable to drive, you can get taken to and from work. Okay,
0: great. I mean, that sounds really good. Um, how do do you know how people apply for access to work? How does it work? Go on their website. Okay. All right. Brilliant. I will also, at the end of this podcast, add a link to Access to Work because I think it's really, really important um, that people understand that Access to Work is a funding stream for employees and employers to apply for, to get grant funding to support somebody in the workplace. And as Ian says, uh, with equipment, with support and with travel, so a person can access the workplace and access their job um in a way that includes them completely in the role Um so it, it's very useful to know about um so we're going to move on to some advice that you might want to offer other people so if you could offer any advice to disabled employees in the workplace what do you think it would be
2: Up and don't be limited by
0: your limitations. i think I think that's a really good piece of advice. I mean you are quite a confident person I mean I've known you for a few years, and I know that you're confident, and I think in this interview it's coming across that you're quite confident and you know what um support you need, and you know where about to go and get it. You know when you're saying don't give up, I think sometimes it's easier to say than do when you don't have that confidence. So what, can, can I just expand on your piece of advice there, because I think it's really useful, um, on how you would advise people that perhaps don't have all that confidence to go for what they want to go for.
1: important
2: to find someone that you can chat through the situation with. Whether that be a family member, friend, friend.
0: professionals like us. Okay, great. So, so um, having somebody, I think that's a really important point. Again, having somebody on your side that you can talk things to perhaps offer you some advice as to how to go about getting what you need or how to go about having those conversations, I think, is really important. Um, What advice would you give to managers supporting disabled people in the workplace?
1: Look
2: at people without labels, so look at abilities and skills.
0: Okay, great. I think that's really, I think that's perfect advice, actually. Um, Yeah, brilliant. Is there anything else you would like people to know before we end today?
2: But it's what you see in the mirror in the morning that's important. Mm-hmm. And try, try, try again.
0: And know that you're worth it. I'll just add on to that.
2: Of course, everyone's worth it.
0: Of course, everyone's worth Brilliant. No, I think that's a really good note to end on. Thank you so much, Ian and Debbie. I've really enjoyed talking to you both. Um, and I'm going to publish this um, podcast and you'll be able to listen to it on the website. Um, thank you very much, everybody, for listening again to the Part of Me podcast. Um, please tune in. We're going to upload this on The website on Twitter and on LinkedIn and on Facebook as well. So please let everybody know that it's it's around and get them to listen in. Um, If you're a disabled person and you're interested in taking part, um, please get in touch and we'd love you to be part of our podcast. Equally, if you're a manager supporting disabled people or you're a manager that wants some advice about how to support disabled people in the workplace, please also get in touch and we'll be happy to help you. Um, Speak to you soon. Okay, thank you. Bye.